Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. We're keeping that. That's a great start. I was going to say hello all and welcome back to God's Planning. And what came out was not that. Anyway, welcome back, everyone. Happy to have you here on the show. Um, welcome back to God's Planning, um, where you can get all of the fun of a local, you know, low-budget newscast. It's here. We'll give you the latest in breaking news. Um, I'm Father Patrick Briscoe, and I'm joining you from sunny Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, sitting across from me at his desk miles, thousands of miles away, is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic down there in Washington, D.C. Greet our listeners. At thousands home, of miles? I just decided thousands? to go with miles? that. No, there's no way it's I don't that think far. it's thousands of miles, but... Everything, I, is, yeah. everything is really far from Rhode Island. You know? That's true. Even within Rhode Island. Uh, Even within yeah, Rhode hi, Island. everyone. Finally, finally, Father Patrick, uh, you know, a minute and a half into the episode has, has welcomed me onto the episode. So it's great to be here. Really awesome. One of our best starts yet, undoubtedly. Mm. Um, no, we're getting better and better. That's 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 the scary thing <laughs> it's about really, it. It's 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 you know, you th- you think that people that have been in graduate school as long as we have, and have done as much public speaking as we have done, would be smoother on no a way. podcast. But um, instead, we just kind of goof around, and you get what you get. So uh, you know, get what you pay for. Today's episode is about friendship, um, and we don't want to be too gloomy or lugubrious. I love that word. I've just fixated on it lately. Um, We don't want to be uh, too heavy, but we want to talk about um, the mysteries of friendship, and particularly, um, what do we make of um, friendships that go awry? Um, Why is it that sometimes we find friendship um, disappointing? You know, there's a meme that I love. I think I saw it around Holy Week. and it has Jesus and the 12 apostles, right? And they're all lined up. And the, the text of the meme is something like, what is Jesus's greatest miracle? And the answer is that he had 12 friends when he was 30. <laughs> which, which, you know. Too true. That hits you get too close to, that to home. Point, you get to that point in your life and you think, wow, 12 friends is kind of a lot. Um, but well. why, why, is it, why is it that it's difficult to find and make good friends um, what are, what are, what's the nature of the kind of um, relationship that we're expecting and, um, and and what does our faith have to bear on that, right? Um, so that's what we want to talk through today. So, yeah. uh, Father, what do you think is one of the, one of the biggest um, difficulties we, we have in friendships, um, especially, um, especially a kind of disappointment with a burgeoning yeah. friendship? <clears throat> well, I think that this, this episode, this topic is particularly uh, personal because I'm perpetually disappointed with my friends. And I think Thank it shows you. on my face. Yes. <laughs> uh, they know the faces that I make uh, when they do things like a wonderful introduction to an episode, um, perpetual disappointment. And actually one time I'll share this, uh, perhaps I shouldn't, but I'm going to. One time I was um, at one point in formation, I was in, in one of my regular meetings with my formator. He, he said that sometimes the face that I make I, I sometimes look angrier. I think he might have even said disappointed sometimes like when I'm around the community. And I mean, I sort of joked and said, well, you know, my brothers can be disappointing or whatever. And he, he looked at me and said, you might just need to lower your expectations a little bit. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good talk. Uh, 
so thanks the for that. yeah thank you uh so the uh the, the one of the, I think the, the an obstacle here or a cause of disappointment in our in our friendships um, is that uh, our expectations are sort of off kilter or not attuned or aligned correctly. And I think remember that when we talk about virtue or doing doing the virtuous thing or pursuing the virtuous thing, we're always talking about the mean. We want to find the, the sort of middle road on these things. We don't want to fall into either the either of the extremes, too little or too much. And I think expectations, though I don't think there's a virtue of expectation, but expectations in friendship, or at least with friendship, we want to find that that mean, that middle ground. We don't want the extremes. And I think we all it's easy to fall into those um, the extremes when we're looking at our friendships. Either that we expect too much that we sort of place unrealistic demands on our friends that we don't even place on ourselves often, um, or we expect too little. And I think the problem with the expecting too much is that we, it, it, as I just said, it becomes unrealistic. We want people to do things on our terms that are that they're not about, that they wouldn't do, that's not in their personality, that the, these right. sorts of things. That we expect right. just too much. We expect them to be something that they aren't. The opposite of that, the expect too little, is that I think when we begin to expect too little or when we realize ah, they're not going to do what I want or be who I want, that, that we lower the bar of the expectation for the friendship, for the person, for their actions, their words, their thoughts, etc. Um, and that quickly devolves into our lack of investment in the friendship. Uh, so when, we, when our expectations, at least by way of starting to talk about this, are... Um, falling into one of these pits of the extreme when we want to travel down the middle road, um, they, can, they can be a great source of disappointment uh, because they're unrealistic on either end. Uh, so yeah. I think that's, that's something that's, that's, uh, that, that we need to take stock of when we're looking at our friendships. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and why would, we say, why would we say expectations right at the beginning? Well, because I think that one of the perennial temptations with friendship today is, a, is to allow things to be merely superficial, right? You know, you get comfortable with a coworker because you both think that someone's a little bit of a clown and you enjoy laughing at that other person with, with someone else, right? And so you have this kind of shared bond, but, but just kind of laughing and having these side conversations or whatever experiences are part of the workplace um, or even family life, um, what what is that what does that really do for us um you know do we do we really know people enough to know what their hopes and dreams are um can i can i really can i have i really invited this person um to be to be a shared part of my life uh, th th those are all great questions that help frame i think our expectations and our understanding of of who mm -hmm. people really are right which is as father jacob bertrand said is kind of underneath all of this friendship requires that we accept people for who they really are and not for who we want them to be. Um, that, that, that's right. absolutely foundational. And I think that, that, that ex, um, accepting people for who they are line is important. We talk about um, in the spiritual life or in like religious formation or even just getting to know yourself better. So as to continue to grow, we use this phrase like entering the cell of self-knowledge that we know who we are, what we're about, our gifts, talents, our foibles, our vices, these sorts of things. Um, 
And we have to know that about friends, especially as we move from sort of like work acquaintances or even work friends or sort of casual friends to, to our more intimate friends that we have to know, kind of enter into their cell of knowledge. That's really awkward and strange, but you know what I mean? To get to know them on a sort of intimate and real level. This though, I think this is another thing with expectations, another thing with disappointments in friendships is that often we are unwilling to hold our friends to objective standards. And again, this can be a source of disappointment because um, relativizing in relationships does not allow for relationships to flourish. To see a friend or a person, yeah, a friend, to see a friend and say, well, this is just what they do, even though it's self-destructive, or even though we know it's wrong, is not um, a foundation stone for friendship because relativizing is not an act of charity, right? Uh, to love somebody is the foundation of friendship. That doesn't mean that we can't love people with sort of, you know, with differences and for their, even despite their own, um, despite their own faults and these sorts of things. But charity does demand that when, that, that these, these faults, and especially moral faults, I mean, none of us are perfect, but that these faults are, are challenged in a healthy and loving way, um, so as to continue to grow as human beings. Ultimately, what's the point of friendship? But moving towards God together. It's that shared pursuit of, of our fulfillment and happiness. Um, so I think it's, it's very easy. It's very easy uh, to sort of relativize another's faults and to say, well, that's just how they are, or that's how God made them. Or, you know, that's, that's good. See how happy they are. That's that sort of thing. It's like, well, right. We sort of step away from the person then and from the friendship, um, which is a real barrier to, to growth in, in friendship. And because it's a barrier, I think results in disappointments. So I was once getting to know someone who's a man of very great faith. Uh, he's a very good guy. Um, and I thought we were sort of, um, I thought we had a stronger friendship than we in fact had, uh, which I am about to illustrate to you. So we were, we were out for a hike one day and um, he says to me, uh, you know, I think, we're, I think we're sort of this point where, um, you know, we can talk to each other about some of our faults. He, he was, he's very articulate. So it, so it was much more articulate than, than what I just related to you. Right. But, but he introduces this question, like, you know, saying to me, basically like, are you ready to go here? And, um, I said, sure. You know? And so, so he mentioned a couple of things about me, um, that were difficult to hear, but they were true. And, um, I, and I took them and I acted on them. And so then he says to me, well, is there anything you want to say to me? And I said, yeah, actually, um, sometimes I think that you don't listen to what other people have to say. And he says to me, that's not true. <laughs> and I said, all right, we're done here. <laughs> you know, but but it, put, it kind of put a, it, it put a real limitation uh, on what our relationship was going to be. And that was a very difficult disappointment for me uh, because like I said, I, I, I really thought this person was going to be a lifelong friend. Um, but he demonstrated to me um, in that moment that, that that, you know, it just wasn't going to be the case and that was okay. Um, so I don't bear him any ill will, um, but it's sort of, uh, but our, our, our relationship just sort of, it just plateaued at that point, you know, and, um, and uh, sort of, we, we sort of grew apart. Um, one of the things that happens when uh, we experience these kinds of disappointments in friendship um, I think is not that we start hating the other person, right? Um, but that we that we just become kind of indifferent to them. Um, so there's this there's this powerful idea that the opposite of love is not hatred, 
um, the opposite of love is indifference. Um, and so one of the things that we have to recognize as we're assessing, you know, as Father Jacob Bertrand said, um, as we're assessing what, what kinds of things really belong to, um, to someone's personality and what kinds of things are moral faults, um, what, we, what we have to assess is um, how, how is it going to be possible for me to love this person? Um, or, or is this the point where, or is this the point where, um, where there is a boundary where I just have to walk away, you know, and that requires that, that requires that the gifts and the operation of the virtue of prudence. Um, you know, we, we have to navigate those conversations in a kind of close way and, um, and figure out, well, is this the kind of thing that I can continue to invest myself in or do I have to step back and, um, and re remove myself? Yeah. One of the things here that's, that's important to facilitating good relationships and sort of seeing if, or I guess not seeing, it's not a sort of litmus test of a relationship. It can be in hindsight, but um, it, it, as a relationship, as a friendship progresses, is the ability, as Father Patrick's story just illustrated, to bring up issues with people. And obviously, if there are disappointments in friendships, which there will be in every friendship, uh, that we we have the ability to sort of bring that to one's attention and in in religious life in especially in the novitiate where we're sort of learning the basics of of living together in community where we're taught there's an emphasis on what we call fraternal correction of that be correction between peers that growth in the religious life and maintaining tranquility in the community and then also building friendships is not something that's done um in a in necessarily a vertical way it's not that the prior is always going to intervene when there's a problem because you know once we're out of formation we're all adult men living in a community you know so you have to be able to communicate these sort of things well but there are and I think that's true in friendships too if are you able mm -hmm. to communicate well uh, and and there were we were told sort of three um, three kind of criteria to, to sort of evaluate in your mind or perhaps even with someone else before bringing an issue to uh, you know a correction to somebody else and they I don't know if they go in this order but this is how I remember them, that the first is, do you have a relationship such that correction is possible? Like if, for example, you you rarely talk to a friend except when you're out at a bar and then you want to correct him on something like serious about his life. It's like, is that is that relationship such that um, that even conversation would be possible? Um, probably not in that circumstance. Uh, the second, so do you have a relationship in which correction, that kind of conversation is possible? Second is, is there going to be a willingness on the other person to, on the other person's part to hear what you have to say? Are they going to be open to it? Or are they just going to like brush you off? Sometimes you have to tell people they're doing things wrong, even when um, they're just going to brush you off. But for the sake of friendship, there has to be this sort of agreed upon foundation. The third one, is the issue at hand an actual issue? And this goes back to our talking about expectations. Um, silly example in the religious life. You know, when I, when I was in college, before I entered, I had the luxury of often having a lot of space in my campus's chapel when I would pray in the evening. Um, sometimes I was there alone. It was quiet. It was great. When I got to the novitiate, we sit very close to each other in our choir stalls and our places in the chapel, and you could hear everything. You could hear people breathing, you could hear them moving, you could, and it drove me crazy for like the first couple months and drove me insane. But like, this is not something that this, this sort of issue is not an actual issue. This is a thing with me. I'm, I, you know, to tell somebody like, you're breathing too loud or like, you know, maybe they are, but like, could you stop rustling, please <laughs> sit still? Uh, you know, so that's a silly example, but a, a, a real one and a good one. So the three sort of criteria, right? Do you have a relationship? such that you can presume to have a conversation about someone's fault or faults. Are they going to be willing to hear it? Are they in a place 
is it the right circumstance to bring up the conversation? Probably not in public, probably not at a party, you know, probably not through a text message. Uh, you know, if you don't have the guts to talk to somebody to their face, then don't talk to them at all. Uh, I think that's a good, pretty good life principle. Um, and is the issue actually an issue? Is it really something, you know, those sorts of things. I think those are important uh, to, to be able to sort of advance a friendship, move past through sustained through disappointments, which are gonna come. It's inevitable. People are people, and we all have our our weaknesses and faults that impinge on others. Yeah, that's a good. That, those are those are all great points, and those three principles about um, correction and and discerning whether or not you can really go to the tough place um, with someone are I think so important and often overlooked. Um, so let's take a short break now. We'll pause, and when we come back, um, we'll talk about. Um, some of the spiritual components about, um, uh, about how to approach uh, difficulties in friendship. So thanks for listening to God's Winning. We'll be back with you in a second. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash Welcome back to God's Planning. We're discussing, as you know, uh, disappointments in friendship. And now we want to take a turn. Um, we, we were talking just kind of about the practical things, experiences that Father Jacob Bergen and I, and I have had in friendships. Um, now we want to turn to more the spiritual component. Um, how, do we, how do we bear disappointments in friendship? Um, where should we start this point in the conversation, Father? You know, the, the, the reality, as we've said a couple times, is that disappointments are going to come it's not a matter with friends um perhaps all the time and it's not a matter of sort of avoiding those um it's a matter of dealing with them well and in charity and i think the uh, um the works of mercy i was thinking about these the other day the spiritual works of mercy offer us two great tools here even you know with our friends i think sometimes maybe this is just me but i think of the the works of mercy to as as being performed with kind of on with uh, strangers or people who are kind of further than me, you know, like serving the poor, burying the dead, like those, um, you know, those things we do with people who are not so um, intimately related to us, you know, that's right. 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 There's kind of a, a, a distance, which doesn't have to be, but often it, it just seems that that is the case. Um, same in the spiritual works of mercy, but there are two here that I think are particularly uh, apropos for for friendships uh, and the difficulties. And the first is that the first spiritual work of mercy here is bearing patiently those who wrong us. Um, again, this can be a distant sort of thing where people who disagree with the church or people who attack us online or you know where there's not a real relationship. But it could also be a very personal thing that bearing patiently those who wrong us. Our friends can wrong us, even in little ways like. You know, we mentioned just before the break, breathing in the chapel too loudly behind me, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to punch him tomorrow because it's still going on. But bearing that patiently, um, it, I think, is important. And the second is is forgiving offenses. Our ability to forgive and kind of move on is really important to in in small things, but also in bigger things. Sometimes when people do things that are wrong, it might damage a friendship irreparably, but not always, and a lot of times, not always. Um, but these are, I think, spiritual dispositions and realities and, and acts that we can um, cultivate and remember to keep at the fore of our friendships, um, always kind of assuming good intentions, these sorts of things in, in others um, before sort of jumping to kind of a hostile defense of I'm right, they're wrong, they're a bad person, they're a bad friend, um, I'm going to ghost them next time they text me and for a couple of days just to stick it to them like, okay, fine, that's not going to help anyone, but 
All right. I think that's right. Absolutely right. And um, I, I love I love this framing, right? Of thinking of thinking of bearing disappointments in friendship as as true spiritual works of mercy. Um, because now it's so easy just to discard people, right? Um, to to say, oh, that, that you know that person was too critical of me, and now I'm going to put them at a distance. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just going to move away from them. Um, Alistair McIntyre, the Catholic philosopher, says that friendship is a gift, right? Um, and I think when we when we have that perspective, um, we're we're able we're able to receive and respond um, to that gift. And so I think one of the major things that we have to think about um, in terms of our friendships is is the value of time. And this is why I like all your language, Father, about um, thinking of responding to a friendship as a spiritual work of mercy um, and bearing those disappointments as a spiritual work of mercy, because um, doing works of mercy takes time. It takes our energy, right? It takes an intentional commitment. Um, we, have to, we have to do favors that take time. We have to be aware of what's going on in someone else's life. We have to, we have to listen you know, to them complaining about this or that situation over and over and over again, right? Yeah. Um, the same stories or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Repeating yourself, you know, as you're giving the introduction to your podcast, um, <laughs> you, you know, you have to, you have to be patient. Um, you have to be patient with friends and you have to be willing to just make that, make that sacrifice of time, um, which is in the end, what, what every work of mercy demands as a kind of fundamental starting place to say, this is important enough in my life that I'm going to allow it to hurt. Um, that I'm that I'm not going that I'm not going to be afraid of this. That I'm going to that I'm going to be willing to forego things in my life, especially my own time. Uh, and I think that's the big one. Um, and then to, when when we're bearing with the dis, when we're bearing with the disappointment, um, we have to be willing to allow um, to allow the time for something to heal. You know, rather than just casting someone off or just moving on, um, investing the time to 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 write a relationship. I mean, another kind of related thing to this, um, uh, as I'm going on and on about time, another related thing is laziness. You know, so we just don't care. We just don't want to, we just don't want to um, put in the investment. You know, it's easier to Netflix and chill than it is to pick up the phone and call somebody. You know, you mentioned already texting, you know, how we text people and, um, and that, that's not a, a genuine means of communication. Um, Spent making plans, being faithful to them, spending time with people, talking to them face to face, via Zoom or FaceTime. This is this all so much more human than. Uh, yeah, or even just texting. having a conversation on the phone, which is, I mean, I don't particularly like. In, I don't mind talking on the phone, but I'm not just like I can't wait to, you know, sort of like get on the phone and just like sit on my chair and whatever, you know. But it's it, it we we can't sort of pretend that these relationships even in the best of times are going to flourish and persevere even without difficulties in a sort of virtual reality. Uh, they're just not uh, because friendships and real relationships don't exist in a virtual reality. Um, so we got to get beyond that if, if we want to have that in our lives. Now I know I sound a little bit like a, an old man yelling at the teenagers to get off my lawn, but, <laughs> but it's all true. It's all true. And I'll stand by it all. Um, so again, thinking of this in a spiritual context, we've talked about friendship as a, as a kind of work of mercy in bearing with these wrongs. What do you think are some of the great virtues we can cultivate, um, you know, so that when we encounter disappointments like this, we'll, we'll be armed, we'll be prepared. Yeah. Um, I think, I think there, there, there are three in particular that lay, um, 
a more foundational kind of starting point for friendship and for being prepared to deal with the disappointments um, in our friendships and in our relationships. And, and the first, um, and this circles back to what we were talking about at the top of the episode about um, expectations and sort of projecting our expectations on, on people unfairly. I mean, we should expect things out of people, but in an unfair kind of way. Um, and th- this first virtue is the virtue of humility. Um, perhaps, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, we talk a lot about humility in a lot of different ways. And I think that's because pride infects a lot of different aspects of our life and our relationships. Um, The perennial temptation is to be selfish. It is, you know, to say like, I can get more out of this person if I kind of cozy up to them. I mean, it just lurks within us. Yeah. I agree. Right. Right. And ultimately the virtue of humility is aimed at our relationship with God, at our right relationship with God, at knowing, um, that God is God and we are not. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Thanks be to God for that. Um, but the, the virtue of humility also comes into play in our human relationships, um, recognizing that I am not dictator of this person's life and that this is, you know, an individual who um, is not me, but we can often have a lot of similarities and a lot of the same desires and a lot of the same aspirations. Um, but that doesn't mean that I get to domineer or dominate uh, that person or that person's life. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad friend if they don't do everything exactly how I would want or um, how I would have them do. Uh, I think that's, I, I do think that lurks within our relationships sometimes that we want them like, you know, if Father Patrick would just do what I wanted him to do in the time that I would do it and in sort of an OCD kind of way that I would do it. I mean, he's pretty OCD himself, but you know, it would, it would just be better. Um, you know, it probably would just be better, you know, because I'm usually right in these sorts of things, but but that's that's not what a relationship is and that's not what a friendship is um so it takes a dose of humility to recognize who i am in relationship to my to my friends and either there's a level of equality um there in the friendship or there's no friendship in the true sense if there's not a level of equality recognized by both and lived by both then it's not a true friendship in the in the pure kind of sense it might be a friendship of utility or a friendship of pleasure or something you know another type of of friendship, but one that ultimately doesn't redound to um, what, what we're talking about here as, as sort of a, a necessary part of our human flourishing. So that's one. Um, the other two are little, uh, I guess, perhaps less known virtues. Um, they, they're included in um, St. Thomas's treatise uh, in under the virtue of justice, um, which is interesting, I think, if you think about that. Um, so the first of these is, is the virtue of affability. Um, to be affable, friendliness is another way, the, the virtue of friendliness. Um, whether or not, Thomas, of course, asks whether or not this is, this is friendly. And if you're, if you're interested in looking this up on your own, this is in the um, Secunda Secunde in question 114, under the virtue, it's a sub-virtue of justice. Um, so he, Thomas asks whether friendliness is a special virtue. Uh, he says, that it is. Um, there, there, there needs to be a special virtue that maintains, he says, the becomingness of a person to another. Um, that, that one is, is friendly in disposition uh, towards another person. The way I sort of think about this is that, that we have sort of a friendly or open disposition towards other people, not sort of a prideful disposition, not a sort of controlling, not a sort of uh, attitude of suspicion, but one of friendliness. We don't have to be the like, most gregarious person in the world or really that gregarious at all, but um, we're made 
to as, as human beings, we're made for these relationships with other people. And that ought to be the defining sort of disposition when we meet people. I think like Southerners, for example, are, are really good at this. New Englanders are not known for their sort of like outward initial interaction kind of like friendliness. Sometimes they're a bit more cold. I mean, I grew up there. Father Patrick's lived there for a few years. So um, that might be a sort of caricature example. But, I, you know, I don't need, I think you understand what I'm saying all the same. Um, and the last one here in my sort of trinity of fundamental friendship virtues for dealing with <laughs> disappointment is, um, is, is a virtue that St. Thomas calls, again, under the virtue of justice, liberality. Um, so it's just a few questions later, 117, if you're looking it up. Um, the virtue of liberality. And what Thomas talks about here is that um, it's about our willingness, particularly this is more with material goods, but I think it's important because we're so caught up in the material world, but that our, our sort of willingness to sort of give of things freely. Um, to give, we can, you know, we can, this doesn't fall under liberality specifically, but to give of ourselves freely, to sort of want to pour out ourselves, um, to dispose um, our material things, uh, put them at the disposition and at the use of our friends. That sort of erases the, the, the selfishness that, or sort of like, oh, this is mine, or this is like, mm. I got a nice bottle mm. of bourbon and I'm not going to bring it out because I want it for whatever. Like, you know, that sort of like to share those sorts of things. And that may seem kind of like, okay, we're sharing our toys, but it is the foundation a part of the foundation of having a good friend that we're willing to share the goods that we have um, without sort of counting the cost, just because we want to enjoy those good things with others. So humility, affability, liberality, uh, I think important kind of dispositions that should pervade our friendships so that when disappointments come up, um, we're, we're not, we're more inclined to be affable and, and liberal in this sort of sense and, and humble rather than prideful and unfriendly and sort of selfish. Um, because if we practice these virtues when things are good and easy, they'll also, it might be harder to call on them, but they'll also be um, ready to be called upon in more difficult or, or trying times. That's the whole point of, of practicing virtue, that they can be used when we need them. I want to end this episode with a quote from St. Ambrose. You know, so we've, been, we've been discussing um, how we answer difficulties and, uh, you know, and in a way answer, um, answer how it is that we can grow in our friendships. You know, that should be one way that we're thinking about all the, all the topics that we've covered here today. Um, I, I want to end with this quote of St. Ambrose, who asks, If friends in prosperity help friends, why do they not also, in times of adversity, offer their support? Let us aid by giving counsel. Let us offer our best endeavors. Let us sympathize with them with all our heart. So thanks for tuning in today to God's Planning. We hope that you um, like and share our episodes. Um, if you don't like what you're hearing, I really don't know what to tell you. Uh, you're, you're, in the, you're in the wrong place. I'm sorry, I guess. You know, uh, maybe Father Jacob Bertrand can try harder next time. You know? I'll work on my introduction for next time. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to edit it that before I get myself in any more trouble. Uh, God bless you. We're, we're praying for you. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.